You know, when I was, <clears throat> the first song says, he wraps himself in light. Now, if you, if you haven't heard that message where I preached about the Urim and the Thummim, you need to get it. It is good news, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, we're talking about the two stones, the Urim and the Thummim, the Urim, which speaks of a, a, a fire or light. And I like what it says. The meaning is fire and light. And the Bible says clearly in the book of uh, uh, Ezekiel, the prophet says, And I saw the glory of God. It was in the form of a man. And he was a light and a fire. From his head to his feet, he was fire. Okay? Ura means fire. Thummim means innocence. So he wraps himself in the revelation of your innocence. That's what he clothes himself with. Hallelujah, man. You know, just that revelation. uh, uh, And that is not something that God did so that you can potentially feel better one day. That is reality. That is, he wraps himself in light. I like that song. And darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice. Darkness, the law, the message of your condemnation, the message of your guilt, tries to hide in the presence of God, of your innocence. And it trembles at the voice of your innocence. I've seen it so many times where, 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 where tradition trembles at the voice of the innocence of mankind. They tremble. Because how are we going to run our church? How are we going to run our law organization? If we come and declare everybody free, and when they can realize that, how can we manipulate and control? It's all over. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I was, uh, somebody, uh, when I preached at Nisner, somebody gave me the latest iPad. You know, these things fell from heaven. And then, uh, then Apple got a hold of them and copied them. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So now my notes will not be lost anymore. And what's nice about this thing, if I lose it, then I go onto the internet and I put in my password and then this thing will start to beep wherever it is. Amen. So I will not lose my notes. Okay. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Lord. I was looking at it and and they 9,000 rand for one. So this guy imported one from America this businessman, and it was still in the box. He's never opened it, never used it. And uh, then he says, but he felt not to use it, but to give it to me. So, thank you, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's the most wonderful thing about it? I don't have to call myself blessed because I got this thing. Because this stupid thing cannot define me. Hallelujah. I'm blessed because I stand innocent in the presence of God and who Jesus is is my definition. Hallelujah. All this helps. It just helps that I don't have to carry so many Bibles. That's all it does. Right, Galatians 2.16. It says, uh, now I want to talk today about meditation. How does meditation work? You know, because um, if we look at the law, you know, uh, in this week I spoke to a guy that is into New Age. And what he basically says is that you can, through meditation, the correct meditation, you can create a world for yourself. And then I, went, I also went onto the, uh, onto the internet and I started to read up on these things because I know the Bible does talk about meditation. And the Bible does talk about the renewal of the mind. And, and how does these things work? Um, <clears throat> now, I want to just start off with this. New age or meditation to try and get a breakthrough is the ultimate form of law that will kill you. Okay. I want to say that again. Uh, If I want to create a world for myself by the peace in my heart, 
by the persuasion in my heart, I want to create a world for myself that looks like what Christ created for me, I'm under the power of Satan. Now, I, I, now, now there's, there's a couple of new age terms here, but you're going to see how this thing is infiltrating the church. And I want you to be protected against that. We don't use human ability, think of, think of what God has done for us to give us a supernatural peace, because what New Age says is, through peace and persuasion in your heart, you'll influence your world, and you'll create a world in line with what is in your heart. Now, I went onto YouTube and I looked at a documented healing of cancer um, by people meditating on peace. Okay, they are not believers in Jesus. Um, you can go and and type in um, if you want to go and do this. I, I was thinking, but I thought we didn't have time to to show you the little clip. But you go onto YouTube, you type in um, quantum healing, and you'll see it. What they do, they take three of these gurus or whatever you want to call them that meditate on how it feels to stand in the presence of somebody that does not have cancer. Okay, that's all they do. They take a sonar, this lady's got bladder cancer, put it on her bladder, and show how that three-inch cancer disappears within three minutes. Completely healed. Documented. Okay? Now, does it work? Yes. But that is the fruit of the law. Okay? Because it was not based on God's meditation about you, where He healed you. It is you meditating, trying to tap into God's principles by which He lives and create a life for yourself. And it's not going to last, you know? These forms of meditation has been there for ages and generations, you know. In the last days, we try to, we're starting to see how science proves this. And now, we can be deceived by thinking, if science proves it, it's from God. No. The Christian faith is something that's got nothing to do with your effort. It's got to do with, the gospel is not about your effort to serve God. It's got everything to do with God's effort to serve and save you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, we've, we've, we've fallen into this thing. If we just claim it right and believe it hard enough, it will happen. And it will. You know, I was, um, when I, on my way to, this, um, to East London, we went over the, the Blokerans, the highest bungee jump in the world. So when I was standing there, you know, um, we have, we've had this guy from America. I mean, he, if you go past the highest bungee in the world and it's not in your country, obviously you're going to stop there and have a look. And when we were there, there was one lady from China that went to jump down there, you know. So I was not impressed by, you know, the person jumping down there. What, what actually caught my mind is that gigantic concrete bridge. That's what got my attention. That thing, it is 220 meters down there, and they built a bridge across there. My goodness. Now, do you think that the engineer who designed that, designed that because he was a Christian? The chance that he was a Christian is small. Okay? But he believed that he could. Do you know there was a time where there was not, it was not people weren't able to build a bridge without pillars in the middle? Now that bridge doesn't have pillars in the middle. It only pushes on the side. You know, the first bridge like that in South Africa was built in the Eastern Transvaal in Sabi. So this bridge that pushed against the sides with no pillars in the middle was built there. That was the manifestation of somebody's faith. It was created by human faith. So you, by believing hard enough, trusting hard enough, Meditating hard enough can create your own world for you. And that's exactly what Satan said to Adam and Eve. Eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then you can be like God. And God said, you eat of that, you'll die. Okay. 
So we don't want any form of law in our life. And this is the verse I want to open this up with. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Okay? Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Now, let me explain this. <laughs> the word justify is not the same word as the word righteous in the Bible. The word justify is the manifestation of righteousness or to be treated according to your righteousness. So you might, you might have a right unto financial provision or a right unto peace or a right unto those kind of things. You're not going to have that peace by your faith on meditating about, on peace. What's going to happen is the Bible says you'll be justified or you have the emotions that God possesses in His heart by the faith of Jesus. So in other words, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, when He came to earth, He used His faith to create a place for you of peace, a place of joy, a place of provision that is tailor-made for you. And what we do, we believe, we rest our mind in the fact that He can, by His faith, produce peace in my heart. Now let me explain that to you this way. If you've got cancer, for instance, and you come to me, you say, Bertie, can you pray for me? Or I come to you, I say to you, I can pray for you, you can be healed. You can say, um, if you must be honest in your heart, I believe that I might be healed. Okay, Bertie has prayed for some people, they got healed. Then you get some other great miracle worker like T.B. Joshua. I said, but can you believe that you will be healed if T.B. Joshua prays for you? You will maybe find a little bit of faith rising in your heart. Okay? And then if I ask you, what's the chance if Jesus comes by His faith of you being healed? Do you feel that rest? That immediate rest because I know his faith is enough for me. And my faith is only directed to, faith is a persuasion. My persuasion is simply this, to have peace of mind in the fact that His faith can do it for me. And not just can, but has done it for me. This is what it says, knowing that a man is not justified or have the manifestation of his righteousness to be treated according to His righteousness by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus. Even we have believed in Jesus that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Hallelujah. That makes me happy, man. I'm doomed to be blessed. You know, the greatest thing, last night I put on Facebook, I put something while I was preparing the message. I set up, I said, a challenge to believers. Define uh, um, success. Define success outside of financial prosperity without feeling inferior to the rich. See if you can do that. That's to, to believers. To, to define biblical success outside of money or possessions without the emotion of I am less than a rich man. If you can do that, you know, you, you, and then I said this way, the only way for you to do that is to enter into His grace on your behalf. That's the only way. There's no other way. That is the only way. Because what we've done in the Western world especially is we've taken the worldly standard of success. Then we take the gospel of Jesus and we say we're going to use this gospel and use this gospel in the area of our willpower through our meditations and our doings and we're going to create a successful life in this world and then we call that salvation. Now, okay, go with that gospel of how I can create my own successful life in this world by my willpower and trying to use the gospel for that and preach that to somebody that's got a life sentence in a jail in the middle of Zambia. 
that the gospel that works for the man in a big house must be the same gospel that works for somebody that's in maximum security in the jail. Now people say, but if he received Jesus, they're going to let him free. That's a lie. That's a lie. You're going to make a lot of prisoners angry by preaching that nonsense to them because there's, there might some of them might get free, others might not. But what, what about the, the peace the Bible talks about that is above understanding? Hallelujah. Amen. Simple example. My peace hasn't changed because I got an iPad. My goodness. <laughs> No ways. My peace is much higher than that. If I tomorrow lose something, how can I lose my peace? No, no, no. Jesus is my peace. Amen. Amen. Jesus is my peace. So, let's read this verse again. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. So, I'm not saying that you cannot experience justification, you will experience justification. All I'm saying is, where, what is the source of your justification? Right. If, it, it says, but, let's read it again, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Okay, let's go to Romans. You can just write it down. Romans 12 verse 1 to 3. talks about the renewal of the mind. Now, you know, I always thought of it this way. I must so try so hard to continue to meditate on the gospel, you know, and I remember when I was in, in, in the word of faith thing, kind of thing, you know, the typical charismatic. You must, you must meditate on the word, meditate on the word, meditate on the word. And the harder you meditate on the word, the more you will find the word changes your life. Now, there's a certain element of truth in it, but what happens is, the moment you hear that, you can also have the emotion of disqualification, because... There are people that's not going to meditate for two hours on the Word every day. And it's not going to be possible for them. But so, the gospel is only for the strong world. Those, those who can do it all the time. Those with time. Okay? Because I must now be transformed by renewing my mind. No, no, that's not what that verse says. That verse says... Be transformed by the renewal of mind. God brought a renewal of mind. He brought a new way of thinking. Now all he says is, allow this in your life. By doing what? By presenting your body a holy living sacrifice. What does that mean? Present in the, in the Greek means to stand beside. So you stand beside your body and you present it. Present your body. See your body. Say to your body, this is the truth. Your body, you are holy. You are blameless. It's not try and be holy now. We thought of this living sacrifices. I am now sacrificing. I wanted to sin, but now I'm not going to. No, 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 no. It says present your body. A holy living sacrifice. And be transformed by this renewal. How? What is the renewal? You are holy. You're a living sacrifice for Christ. Because your body is made available for the manifestation of His kingdom by His faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, you know when I give you, let me tell you something. If you struggle to meditate on the gospel. Look, when I heard the gospel of grace about in the end of 1995. That's about 16, 17 years. Long terug. When I heard the gospel, I didn't struggle from that time until now to think of the gospel. It was not my willpower to try and meditate on the gospel. If I come with news to you, I tell you, I want to, the doctor comes with news to you, you've got a pain in your stomach. You go to the doctor, they do the scans, they do the tests and everything. You come to the doctor, you see he's got a little bit of a sad face. 
He tells you, listen, um, I've got bad news. You've got a very aggressive cancer that we can do nothing about. Do you have to go for five lessons on how to think about cancer? No, no. The word possesses the power to take your mind captive. And you need to do, use all kind of willpower not to think of it. But you can't help yourself. But whenever you walk, you find your mind dwelling towards that thing and gravitate towards it because of the massive power of that news. But we've had such a watered-down message when it comes to the gospel that when we preach it, we've got to give ten lessons on how to remember it. No! The gospel is the awesome message of God's love for you, His faith creating things for you, Him justifying you, Him making you righteous, Him serving you, placing mankind in the very image and likeness of God forevermore. And we that believe, we are justified by His faith. We address our mind in that reality. That's what the, listen, when you hear this, you can't but think of it. This message is so powerful that even if somebody rejects it, he can't stop to think of it. He will have all his doctrine from the day he heard this message trying to prove it wrong because he can't stop to think about it. Because of the magnitude of this message. So, how can this verse be? Well, I'm just going to try and think right now. That's humanism. Humanism. We don't want to fall into that. Let's read Matthew. Oh, let, let's read that Romans 12 quickly. It says, I beseech you, uh, uh, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. So in other words, I'm alive, and this is the sacrifice to say, I do not make my body available for the law to define me. I give it up for God's definition about me. Therefore, I can say these words, this body is holy and acceptable to God. And I want to tell you, that is your reasonable service. If you want to serve God, this is what you do. If you want to be of service to God, this is what you do. Tell yourself, Say, my body is holy and acceptable to God. Yes. Hallelujah. Isn't that the gospel, man? The gospel is almost too good to be true news. And if it's not that, my friend, and I want to tell you, as we enter into that realm of absolute peace, in reliance on Him, we just find His faith manifesting that truth in us without our effort. Now I was thinking, if I must create my own world by my heart meditation, I'm not going to have enough time. I'm going to be tired. You know, they say, but look at the Buddhist monks, all these people in the mountains. They do supernatural things. But let me explain to you what they do. They use meditation to enter into a depth of the unseen world. Or what they even call a quantum world. To enter into that. And know what they get right after 15 hours of meditation? They've got contact with nobody. They live in a mountain. They're no good for anything on this earth. And they've got the ability to stand under ice-cold water for five hours without freezing to death. <laughs> now that really helps people. You know? That really helps people. That has set us free. Hallelujah. That's people that's given their whole life, dedicated their whole life, to try and get into the subatomic to change their life. No, 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 no. We don't do that. That's the law. That will kill you, my friend. What we do, we enter into His meditation about us. Because in your human ability, you're never going to get yourself at peace enough for God to do something for you. I believe in a God that justifies the ungodly. 
In other words, even if I haven't done everything right, even if I haven't had all the peace I'm supposed to have for things to change in my life, at least he had enough peace. And I, tri- I enter, my belief is in that he has enough peace all the time. Never had one wrong thought, always had the peace, and I enter into how he recreates my life. Glory to God, man. Make yourself, I mean, you're a living sacrifice, present yourself holy, blameless before God. That's your service. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? Um, <clears throat> I talked about the power of transformation. <clears throat> now I want to talk, what is the deception? Matthew 4, verse 8 to 10, Jesus was in the desert. And the, listen to what the devil says. And the devil, again the devil, took him unto an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto them, All these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now, and I write down a question, he says, Who and what manifested the power of sonship in the life of Jesus? It was the Father spoke from heaven, and not Jesus having all the kingdoms. I want to explain that. The devil came to Jesus. Listen to what he said. He said, if you fall down and worship me. Now, forget about falling down in the sense of on your knees, lifting your hands. Oh, I'm a Satan worshiper. That was not what he tempted Jesus with. What it tended to Jesus with, the word worship is the word, uh, uh, it means this, for a dog to lick the hand of the master. Okay, that's the word worship. So what it's actually saying to Jesus is, take my hand, the doing of Satan. Okay, put it on your tongue. Okay, in other words, believe, not Take my doctrine, believe in it. What was his doctrine? What was Satan's doctrine? Satan's doctrine was this. I remember, I'm sorry for the guys that are here for the first time. You've got to go on the web and listen to some of my stuff. Pharaoh in Ezekiel 31 represents Satan. He was seen as a very big tree and he fell because he could not regard the streams that made him big, but he said, I am defined by the length of my branches. And he was cast out. So you look at your ability and you put the doctrine of my ability is what creates my life. Put that in your mouth. That's what Satan said. That's called Satan worship, my friend. That's why Jesus said to the Pharisees who through willpower trying to, 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 to make use of certain principles like sowing and reaping and whatever to be blessed before God. He says you are, off your, you are from your father the devil. Know what I say is radical but my goodness man. If we can't see the thing for what it is we can mix the two things. We don't want to do that. So that was so what was Jesus' problem when he was in the desert? Jesus was in the desert for for 40 days and 40 nights. And then the Bible says, then he became hungry. Now, this is just Baptist theory. I believe he was hungry the first day already, physical hunger. Any person who doesn't eat for one day or just keep a meal will feel hunger. And I, I believe after one day he already felt a little bit normal hunger. But what happened, I believe, after 40 days was he was hungry for the affirmation that he's the Son of God. Because he didn't have anything to prove it with. It's the same situation as somebody who lost their business and it was very rich and that lives, you know, you, you can handle it for a week or two, but after a year, you are feeling that hunger of, man, if another deal can just come through, then I know God loves me. 
When that hunger comes, Satan came and tempted him and said to him, do these things and you can then find your sonship and how you can manifest things. Okay? Then you can find who you are in the length of your branches. What did he tell him to do? Take a stone, make it a bread. By what power? The power of the Holy Spirit, of course. So use the Spirit's power to do something and then you call that your place of safety. What he was actually saying is, you are not in a life of victory, but use the life, use the power of the Holy Spirit to create the life of victory so that you can be called the Son of God. If Jesus did that, it was goodbye forever with all of us. Because from that day on, we would have to be the Son of God by using the power of the Spirit to change our lives. He would have been living by, the, by miracles. If you can do a miracle, you're something. But that has infiltrated the church in such a big way that we, we, we see it as the gospel. My goodness. God, now, I don't say Jesus did not get that affirmation that He was the Son of God. He did get it. How? By doing a miracle? No, no, no. He went onto the mountain, all of a sudden He was glorified. So what did He do? He did nothing. The Father glorified Him. So Bertie, how will Bertie know he's a man of God? Definitely not by how many people follow my message, how many likes I get on Facebook, how, uh, if I preach in Paris or in America, or in an Africa bush, or if sick people get healed or not. Will they get healed? Yes. Will I be invited to different places in the world? Of course. But I'm not trying to create that by trying to meditate on the goodness of God. I am, listen man, I am seated. You are seated in heaven. Why do you want to go to another country to be blessed? It's like Eliana, you know, uh, um, on the 15th, on 15th I'm flying to uh, Paris. I'm going to preach in Paris. Paris and Belgium and uh, Germany. So now, uh, people say, oh, it's Paris, Elena must go with. But she can't go with now because it's exam time for the kids and whatever. And, it's, and I understand people want, you know, it, it's this opportunity and we can go, I'm going to go there many times in my life. So it's, we, we can't see this thing as well. If she goes now with me, then we are the blessed of God because we as a couple could. No. We've got our kids, and we're going to do that, and that's the time for it now, and there will be a time when we go there. And if we never go there, so what? So what? We are seated in heaven, man. We are seated at the right hand of the Almighty. Glory to God. These things cannot define you. Since when are you defined on where you sit in an airplane, in the front, middle, or the back? My goodness. But the Western world has, we, we, we've so infiltrated this law system, with a, uh, this world system with a church, that we cannot see what is God and what is not God. And I want to say again, you hear what I'm saying, I'm not saying you will not have things. But what I'm saying is the things that come to your life will be created by God. Remember that teaching that I taught about meditation, where I talk about being pampered by the love of God. What I'm doing right now is, you are being pampered by the love of God. From there, desires will come forth. What do you do with that desire? Do you try to meditate very hard on that desire to see it come forth? No, no, the Bible says you just make it known to God. Then you rest in Him and He will bring it forth. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I want to tell you that's the victorious life. I wish I could explain it better. <laughs> it's as if I feel something that I can't say in words. But I believe the Holy Spirit make you feel the same thing. Right. Listen to what Timothy says. Uh, uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy 6. This is, this is baffled the, the prosperity teaching so, so greatly. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and certainly we can take nothing out. And having food and clothes, let us there, therewith be content. 
But they that want to be rich fall into a temptation and a snare and into many foolish hurtful lusts which draw men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of evil, which while some coveted after it, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now let me explain what he was saying. I'm not saying you cannot have money. I'm not saying you cannot be rich. It's not what I'm saying. What he says is the person who desires it. In other words, there's not a contentment because of what Christ has done. Okay? You don't have peace. And you are after this thing and you're going to use the power of the Spirit to try and create this thing. You're going to fall into hurtful lusts. You're going to find yourself every morning trying to meditate to get into something. And after a while, we will not see the difference between uh, 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 humanism and Christianity. It's all about man again, and what you can do, and what you must do. There's one agreement we have. We agree with what he said. That's enough. That's enough. God doesn't need a million people to agree with him. I tell you now, he's got one man that's agreed with him. His name is Jesus. And we enter into how He agreed with the Father. Hallelujah. And the peace that flows from there. And from there we find healing in our body. From there we find prosperity in our lives. From there we find provision in our lives. But so many times we are so scared to let this thing go into the person of God. Our provision, our health, and those kind of things. Because what if I don't? get healed? What if I don't get the money? What if the business deal don't get through? Let me tell you something. Jesus gave very good advice when it comes to business and money and provision. He says, take no thought of your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, and what you will wear. (laughs) The problem... Take no thought for your life. And this is the thought, if you want to take a thought. This is what he says. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But the problem is the revelation that his faith about my need, his faith that he will provide for me is not big enough for us to think that he can create provision by his faith. No, no, no. I rest my mind. My faith is not directed towards stuff. It's directed towards God. And His faith He'll use for my stuff. Thank you, Lord. This is the gospel. Right. Don't want to fall. Satan comes. The Bible says, listen, the, the Bible says, Satan comes like an angel of the light. It looks like light, but it's not light. It's darkness. Amen. Just meditate right. You're going to get it right. No, no, no. You're not going to meditate right. You're not going to make it. It's like the guy I spoke to him at, at this one shop. He said to me, Bertie, but um, you know, he doesn't believe in God. He believes in this new age thing and whatever. So I, he, I said to him, so how do you define salvation? Then? He says, because all roads lead to salvation. I said, okay, now define salvation for me. Now I wanted to buy some of these uh, solar panels for my Zambia stuff, you know. And they're quite expensive. He says, now all you do is, you must just become one with what you do. <laughs> now how do you do that? So I said to him, listen my brother, when you work out the price, you really become one with what you do, and then I'll get it for free. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, 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 yeah. And now then, I said, then, he, then we were talking, he said to me, now he doesn't worry about a Muslim. Their faith is also okay. I said, let me explain something to you. I spoke to a Muslim. I asked him, what must he do to be saved? He says, no, he must just obey his God. I said, okay, now how many times can you sin? He says, only three times. Three times for a specific sin. Okay? So then I took him through his life and he realized he sinned more than three times. So I said to him, okay, now what now? So he's forever condemned in his mind. So I spoke to this new ager. I said to him, now what about this guy? That's condemned forever. You sit with it. Because he says, why do we want to preach? Always lead to Jesus, or to salvation. I said, and then he said, we are all, listen to how stupid this is, we are all intertwined. <laughs> because the molecules that's in me, if you take scientifically, the things that go around, 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 is so big that it eventually goes through you. 
So we are all one. So I said to him, if you believe this and he suffers, then you will say, I'm suffering, and you'll do something about his suffering. Because he was challenging me on why do I preach? Just leave people alone. I said, you don't even believe what you believe. And the guy was quiet because he, nobody ever, because a normal Christian that comes to him just argues about, no, near the Bible is rech of near rech. But if you can realize he's busy with the law, you can help him to find the end of his law and find that his meditation is not good enough and he needs somebody else to meditate on his behalf. That's what Jesus did. He obeyed on my behalf. He did all the right meditation on my behalf. He did all the right entering in into on my behalf. He said, don't you come with me to prepare a place for you, Peter. Leave me. Let me go to the Father and I will prepare a place for you. Believe in God. Believe in me. We believe that He created it all. And we enter into His creation by faith. We are not creators. He's, we are the creation. He's the creator. Hallelujah. We can be creative. I agree. I'm not against that. But my goodness, man. You know, we want to create our own world here by our own faith trying to just connect the name of Jesus in the thing. You're just going to kill yourself. Okay. We talked about the ease of meditation. It's so easy because, because of the power of the Word of God. Psalm 37 verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight. Be pampered. That's what the word delight means. Let God pamper you. Let the Lordship, the word Lord means uh, how He serves us. Be pampered by how God serves you. And from that pampering, He will give you desires in your belief, in your heart. Then you don't use that desire in your heart because you say, my heart is so full of power, I can now create this because my heart is full of... No, 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 no. You don't take that desire to create a life for you. You make that desire just known to God. That's what you do. Right, listen to this. Now what it says is, and I listened to this, this one... Um, one guy who talks, talks about uh, 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 how, how he's a new ager, how this works. What he does is, he says that your, your brain gives out more energy than your heart. Now that can be measured. It is like that. Okay? So, if your heart can just become full of it, then that power from your heart can now create things. No, 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 no. The Bible says once your heart is full of this power, you just make it known to God. God, my heart is full of to preach in that nation over there. Or my heart is full of, I want to provide this for my children. And this desire that comes was born from you. For I was pampered by you. While I was pampered by you, you gave me the, this desire. I, I've got five desires that you gave me. I am a free will person and I don't want all five, but this one will be nice or those two will be nice. I make it known to you, God. Then the Bible says, then you trust Him and He will bring it forth. Glory to God. Let, let's read it on. This is such a beautiful verse. Um, it says, commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. So what he says is he will bring forth your right and what he has, uh, his decision is made about your life. He will bring it forth as the noonday. It's not my power, it's his power. Glory to God. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Not thyself because of him who prospers in his way. So in other words, you'll find a guy that is not going to take his desire, make it known to God, but he's going to use the power of his heart to create his own life, which will look very good. He says, while you are waiting and not seeing that manifest, you're not going to fret yourself uh, uh, because of the other guy who by his own willpower, his own law, his own following principles, creates this wonderful life for him. You're not going to fret about him. Rest. God will bring it forth. Let me explain it to you in a more practical way. Let's use my life. I mean, I can't even, can't even use this example because I don't care about these things. But let's use it. 
Say somebody's got a very big ministry. Now, now, a big ministry is work, man. I'm not into, I don't want to work too much. You know, you want to be at peace. I want time with the family and the kids. Okay? But say now, say, for instance, I was chasing a big ministry. Now, I've got desire to have a big ministry. I make it known to God. When I make it known to God, then God will bring it forth. But in the meantime, there's another guy here. He uses willpower. And he creates for himself a very big ministry. And he preaches law. Now, here am I, a grace guy. Here's a law guy. The grace guy's ministry is all smaller than the law guy. The law guy's rich. He's got all the worldly things. I've got just, I'm preaching to 30 people, you know, and uh, live a normal life. Now he says, don't fret yourself over what this guy's got. Just be patient. And let God bring it forth. For you don't want anything in your life born from you. Because if it's born from you, you'll have to maintain it. But if it's born from God, the very existence of God maintains it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear. Let me read verse 7 again there uh, from um, Psalm 37. It says, rest in the Lord. The word rest means to let your mind go to rest. So the mind is not yes, but, yes, but, yes, but. Now you're not going to get your mind to stop to yes, but until you give your mind enough information until your mind goes to rest. The mind doesn't go to rest by saying, shut up. It doesn't. When the heart is satisfied, let me explain to you how the mind works. This is a little bit of psychology, but just to explain to you how it works. The mind is an instrument used by the heart. Your heart tells your mind, gather information, I'm not sure. Okay? You believe something, but you're not very sure. So the mind, your, your heart will tell your mind, get me more information. For instance, I tell you, um, listen, um, I'm blessing you with a trip overseas. Okay? Then you, th- now, y- you see who I am. I haven't lied to you before, so you, you, you believe it. Okay? But now, that one word is not enough for your heart. So your heart will tell your mind, now ask him, when is it? Then the mind will say, okay, when is it? Now to tell the mind, shut up, is not going to help. Because the mind will say, okay, so why must I then shut up? Okay, is there something not here? That's how the mind is. So what you do, you answer the mind. You tell him, no, it will be that time. Until the heart is persuaded, then the heart will not tell the mind anymore to gather any information. And that is when your mind goes to rest. Okay? That's called believe in the Bible. That's the word believe. Now, you cannot believe by decision. You believe, belief is a fruit of correct information. So get the correct information about how much God loves you, about, most of the time, the correct information is about the person of God. When you get the correct information on how much He loves you, cares for you, don't look at your sin. He lives out of who He is and not what you've done. And you get all that information. Continue to gather it. As you continue to gather it, you'll find there'll come a time when your heart says, this is enough, and your mind will say, that's it. Now this is what it says here in Proverbs. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto them that find them, and health to all their flesh. Then it says, verse 23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from you a fraud mouth and perverse lips. Put them far from you. Let me explain it. He comes, he says, Incline your ear to my saying. 
your heart. Every person, when he gets born, his heart is designed to want the grace message. Okay? He wants freedom. When he gets that, and then he'll get information, get information, but there'll come a time when, I mean, you incline your ear to the Word of God. Now I want, I want to clarify the Word of God, not the Bible. The Word of God that's written in the Bible. What is God's Word? It's what God said about you in being manifested as a human being. What's God's Word? Jesus is the Word. So what is God's Word about your life? That He obeyed on your behalf, rendering you obedient. He died on your behalf, setting you free from the law. Because the man under the law, and when he died, the man under the law died. Okay? Amen. That's, that's it. What does the life of Jesus, the Word of God say about me? As He is, so am I. The Word became flesh, dwelt among us. He died, He was raised up. He seated at the right hand of the Father to forever speak about me. Hallelujah. Take that Word, put it in your ears. Take that Word, put it in your eyes. How do you take that word and put it in your eyes? Um, I always thought this, I must read the Bible. But then, you know, as you do mission work, you realize there are people that cannot read or write. So how does he put this? He now doomed. No, no, no. When you take the word, you put it in your eyes, is when you meditate, think, envision that holiness. Hallelujah. So, and this, is, and this is my next two verses. When you come to the throne of God, the Bible says, and you look into the very glory of God, you look as in a mirror. Okay? And you see yourself in the mirror. So when you look at the glory of God, the fire from the loins up, the fire from the loins down, which speaks of the light of your innocence, when you look at that, you are seeing yourself. So envision that. Let the Holy Spirit give you a vision. Put it in your eyes. And you'll find as you think of this, as you hear this, your heart, your belief changes about yourself. And then you protect that belief which finds its origin in what He does, in the, which finds its origin in the fact that you need nothing, that you are complete. Amen. And from there you find God driving your life. Not BMW or Mercedes or motorbikes or clothes or fashion shops or nothing. God will drive your life. God can, in that way, give you a Mercedes to drive with. But will, you will drive the Mercedes. The Mercedes will not drive you. Hallelujah. From there you can have health and healing. You know, we don't want to. It's like the, the, the one person said to me, but Matthew, how do we hear the voice of God? And this is how it is with grace. We don't want to make a mistake. Because we're working with eternity here. We're not working with a car's engine. Listen, a doctor has got great responsibility. Really great. I mean, he's working with somebody's health. If he operates on somebody's eyes, he's working with his eyesight. If he scans somebody's uh, uh, heart or lungs, he's working with their future, their life. But a preacher works with your eternity. Making the responsibility of a doctor like dust. I'm telling you. He's working with your, your eternity. And when we come to the gospel, we cannot fool around with the law. Fornicate a little bit here and there and think you're not going to get AIDS. I hope you hear what I'm trying to say. I'm not talking about physical fornication. I'm talking about going to the law. You know, when God speaks to you, I, 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 and this is the way I felt the Lord explained it to me, is if I speak to my son and I want, to, want him to hear my voice and give him good advice, and I've got different options of speaking, and I want to put the options and then you choose which one you think will work the best. I want to give him a life lesson that will help him in his future. 
you know. I can give him a call on the phone. And he can hear my voice. Okay? Now say he lives in another town. Or I can drive there and physically appear before him. And he hears my voice audibly. Okay? That's another option. Or I don't do any of these two, but I've got the ability to take his will out of his heart and put my will in his heart. Which will be the clearest voice on what he must do. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says God works in us to will and to do. If we are in the grace message, I tell you my friend, God's voice is whatever you want. Hallelujah. What do you want? It's God's voice for you. It's easy to hear. It's loud and clear screaming with an emotion inside your inner being all the time. How can you not hear? It's impossible. It's impossible not to hear God's voice when you say, but when we're under the law, you will find the law work in you to will and to do. But under grace, God works in you to will and to do. Therefore, we can work out this salvation with fear and trembling. I'm not going to mix this with another message. We sit with this unconditional love of God. He says, when you look into the glory of God, and then James 1.25, but whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So what does it say? I've been completely liberated from working worldly principles unto salvation. That's what he set me free from. From working the principles of this world. If, I am, if I'm good to people, they'll be good to me. If I do this, then this. He has saved me from that. He saved me from having a life of victory by trying to meditate on how I prosper. He saved me from that. Now it says, look, look at what it says. It says, but whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, the law, law that says you've been perfectly liberated and his life is your life free from your effort. When you look into that and continue therein and you don't forget what you heard. I'll explain to you how easy that is. But you're a doer of the work. That was just the, the, the Jewish way of saying you stand in that. This man shall be blessed in his deed. So you will be blessed. You will have what you need. All your needs will be met. Amen. All your emotional needs will be met. Your healing needs will be met. Amen. But it is from the platform of being perfectly, perfectly liberated from this worldly system. Perfectly liberated from the laws of this world. Amen. Working only by one law called the law of life in Christ. It's that life's in Christ is in me. I don't have to try and make it manifest. My biggest job is this. To rest in what he's done. And you cannot rest without having the correct information. Make sure you hear the gospel of grace all the time. I'm preaching this not to be, because I love you, man. And I want you to be in this gospel. I want to see the fruit of God manifesting in your life, not the fruit of, of your will. L- listen, if, if you get a nice house, you know, I'm happy with you. If you, get, if you get a new car, I'm happy with you. If you get healed from your sickness, I'm happy. You know, that, that's all okay. But what gives me great joy is to see this gospel live in your heart. That is what makes me really happy. And when I see the fruit of this gospel manifesting in your life, I say, Hurrah! But if I see you by your willpower creating things, my heart breaks. I don't care if you get the thing or the breakthrough or not. That's not the thing. The joy of from rest we see God live in you. Amen. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. I know we're just a few people here, but it might be that you've never received this gospel of grace ever in your life, and you want to receive it. You know, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord. You've always been the Lord of your own life. I'm not going to call you for or anything, 
But right there where you are, all you do is you confess Jesus as your Lord and you say, I'm not my Lord anymore. Jesus was not there to give you higher principles that you could use to be saved from your situation. He came to be your Lord, to serve you by doing it for you. He does all the right meditation for you to get it. Believe in God and believe also in Jesus. Don't try to go into the heavens to create a place for you. He has created the place. Just receive Jesus as your Lord right now. Receive means I make use of it, my God. And you'll be saved from the bondage of Satan in this moment. And you'll have eternal life abiding in you because of the gospel of Christ and what He's done. To Him be all the glory forevermore. Father, I want to just pray for the people that are here right now. Every person that is, that's even got sickness in their body, what we do, we put Your Word in our eyes. We see how perfect the body of Jesus is, and that is our body. And thank You, Lord, that You come and You create that healing in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not our effort. We completely rest in being pampered by Your love towards us in rendering us absolutely innocent and we will even bear the consequences of that innocence which is a victorious life. Thank you for that, my God, which is defined in the emotions of God dwelling in us plus the manifestation in this physical world. Thank you for that, my God. You're such a good God. Thank you, Lord, that when people go home here, Holy Spirit, you continue to preach this gospel to them where there's maybe not clarity about something. Thank you that you can explain it in a way that I can never do. Uh, thank you, you explain to them and bring them that peace. I declare you all blessed. I declare you all innocent before God. I declare you all accepted in the Beloved. I declare you righteous with the righteousness of God. I declare the justification over your life and where it still needs to manifest, soon manifesting of your life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. If anybody needs prayer, um, I will be here. Have a cup of coffee. Please fellowship together. Amen. Those of you that want to give, there's a red box in the back. Just be generous as you feel in your heart. Amen.